Bloody Elbow presents the sixth round post-fight show, which gives you a rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on this weekend's UFC event. Hey everybody, welcome back to the sixth round post-fight show with me, Zane Simon, and my co-host, as always, Eddie Mercado. We're coming to you guys once again from the end of UFC Vegas 59, going down at the Apex facility in Las Vegas, Nevada, headlined by a light heavyweight bout, ranked light heavyweight bout. I don't even know if I could say top contenders, but top-ranked light heavyweight bout between Jamal Hill and Tiago Santos. And that was the closing touch on a really surprisingly fun night of fights. Yeah, I was I was starting to get a little concerned there that it wasn't going to end early. But, man, 10 for 10. We had yeah. 10 fights. Every single one of them ended early. We had cancellations, but maybe it was for the best because they might have been decisions. So 100% finishing rate. This hasn't happened since 2014, many moons ago. And, yeah. man... I was a little a little bitter during it just because of how long it was actually taking. Like, yeah. So many I mean, commercials that, and so much filler. That that's the problem with the first round finishes. The prelim cards up through that first that first fight on the main card were all first round finishes. And first round finishes, it's cool, but when you're got a promotion like the UFC, it's only running one bout for thirty minutes. Five minutes of fight means twenty five minutes of filler. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not even going to complain about it because we, we, we got all finishes. It's pretty historic. This doesn't happen often. Yeah. So obviously, whatever you've been doing, that voodoo, when I asked you to stop, mm-hmm. it looks like you actually did it. We yeah. finally uh, got I, I finally took with all these out of the doll, put it in storage, you know. It's uh, all working. Well, you're supposed to throw them away or throw them off a bridge or something, but what? I'll take what I can get. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Which one of us does the voodoo here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, we got the perfect thing in the main card, which is every fight after that McKinney-Gonzalez fight went multiple rounds, and we got finishes, which means you get that perfect balance of like, not no dead air, no dead time, lots of action, lots of cool stuff going on. Really, you know, it was it was solid. It was not a meaningful night of fights unless you're huge fans of Muhammad Usman or Juliana Miller. We didn't get well, a lot Jamal of like, Hill. Jamal Hill. Jamal Jamal Hill did he is now firmly a top five light heavyweight, which does mean something. It's not nothing. Yeah. I don't know that he'll get the Jan Blahovich fight. I don't I I'm sure he won't get the Yuri Prashadska fight, but he is now in the kind of conversation where asking for both of those makes sense. So. And he he's like really just, uh, you know, reiterating what light heavyweight is and just mm-hmm. how how fastly you can just catapult yourself into the top five with with not even not even defeating big names necessarily. Santos, big name. This is yeah. huge. Former title contender. A lot of people think he beat John Jones or at least should have gotten the nod over him. But, you know. It's not like Hill's the most technical fighter in the world, no. but he he's athletic, he hits yeah. freaking hard, and he's willing to throw, and that at light heavyweight is king. Yeah, it's got to be said, too, he's got a hell of a chin on him. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, I know he hadn't been knocked out before in a division that has a lot of knockout punchers, but uh, he also didn't have a lot of fights where that chin really even got tested at all. There were some questions, you know? The Walker fight, he and Walker landed at the same time. Walker went down. This Santos fight, 
they went in there and they they clubbed each other more than mm-hmm. a few times. And him standing up to Tiago Santos and taking those shots, that means he's got a serious chin. If you're that kind of athlete that he is, he is with his kind of size and you've got that kind of durability, you know, you don't have to be the most technical guy in the world. No. You know, like Alexander Gustafson, a good fighter, maybe more technical than Hill. Um, certainly not faster. But he was not well, like a which 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 Gus are you talking about? We get like two the him, first run two to the title shot, Gus. Okay. You know, the one of the big things that made really separated Gustafson in that run up to the first title was his boxing and then just how goddamn durable he was. You know, he was unbreakable for years. And he'll, you know, be in that. It'll be he, he will be fighting for the title at some point. Yeah. Fairly certain. And and his pressure. I really love the way yeah. he pressures. And yeah, he was all lumped up on the hand. Like he took some mm-hmm. knocks in there. You know, yeah. Santos is someone where he loves nothing more than to back up and then plant his feet, stand his ground, and swing haymakers back. Yep. And you know, that used to work out for him back in the day, but you know. The time uh, counts for everybody. Exactly, exactly. This was but, the best Santos fight. That This is the best kind of performance we've seen from him in a while, though. Like, this was the closest we have seen to a classic Thiago Santos in since that John Jones fight. But on, on the same but on the same token, it also wasn't because, like, he came out shooting takedowns and, like, really looked to grind away on Hill, which was really yeah. smart, insanely yeah. smart game plan. Just he couldn't capitalize on the moments when he did get him down. Like, that whole yeah. third round was pretty much grappling. He yeah. still lost the round on my scorecard. I thought he won it, but it was a debate. It was a debate. Yeah, I mean, just because I gave it to Hill just because, like, in between the takedowns, Hill was landing the more meaningful strikes. Yeah, yeah. I and I totally understand that. I can easily see it could have happened that way. I just thought, you know, there, there wasn't any striking in that round that really messed Santos up. So it was just kind of one of those things where you're like, well, I'm, I'm weighing a little here, a little there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. assume judges are gonna give Santos that round. But if one hadn't, I wouldn't have complained. But you yeah. know. My, the point being, you could have, I certainly did, and you could, one could have easily had Santos up two rounds to one going into the fourth round where Hill finished him. And oh, well, I, I gave Hill every round. But... Yeah, but you're a hater. And... How am I a hater? Of who? <laughs> I'm like the opposite of a hater. Even Molly disagrees with you. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just saying, obviously you're a hater of Tiago Santos. If you're not, I love Tiago Santos. <laughs> He's getting hurt out there and like just, shelling just, up and turning his back and just not enough. To, just not enough to give him those core rounds that he earned through his blood, sweat, and tears. Molly yeah, is mad. Crazy. Everybody's mad now. No, I mean it was it was a very close fight through three rounds. I think is the the point I'm trying to make, and it was not a bad fight for. For Hill or for Santos at all, getting to the point until round yeah. four. Right. Yeah. He he had a good performance, a smart performance, a veteran performance. But I think it's just Hill's time. It's tough. I can't even say it's tough to age at two oh five because look at Glover. Yeah. It it's tough to age at two oh five when you don't have the tools to otherwise easily slow a fight down. Like Yeah. 
Santos has been slowing his fights down lately, but mostly he's been slowing them down by not participating. You know? <laughs> um, right. And maybe that's his bum knee. And but... you look at guys like Glover, he he goes through hell and high water in his fights, and the way he slows them down is he, get, he gets takedowns and he gets on top of people and he, he can actually blanket them when he takes them down. It's not really something Santos has in his game. And then you look at somebody like Jan Bohovich, and the way he slows fight down, fights down is with, like, really solid kick defense and counters right. and being able to take tools away from people standing in a way that Santos moving backwards, that doesn't take tools away. It just makes it harder for the other person to hit you. Um, I mean, you know, it, it makes it harder for a fight to happen. It doesn't make it a fight that you can win, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like Hill was was in control. At, you know, even when he was getting taken down, he made it a point to not stay on the ground. Like he yeah. constantly, the second he hit the deck, he was he was working his damnedest to get back up. And he, you know, he couldn't find separation at times, but he still had that urgency. Yeah. He still was like, "I'm not going to fight here. I don't want to fight here. I have the tools to get up. I'm going to get up." Absolutely. And like that's 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 what we want to see out of him. We want to see him tested. He was tested there. Now, granted, you know Santos is not the best wrestler. No, you know, but it it was good to see Hill still kind of fight that style off and yeah. and have have enough in the tank in the fourth to come out the way he did. It would be interesting to see him in a fight with somebody like Ankalaev or uh, or Glover Teixeira, where like. These are dudes who, if they can get start getting takedowns easily on you and they can stay on top of you, they are going to make things happen. But Yeah, the, the Ankalaya fight is very interesting because even on the feet, I think that's intriguing. Even if it doesn't even hit the deck, like yeah. them standing across from each other is exciting. Bill is fast. And, uh, you know, we've seen from Ankalaya as well, like he's a good striker. He's clinical. He's very careful. But against somebody that fat, like we just saw with like Vicente Luque earlier against Je- Jeff Neal, like Luque is kind of, you know, he's the more varied, uh, multiple targets, multiple tools, well-rounded striker. And Neal just being blazingly fast had him in all kinds of trouble and won Neal the fight eventually, you know? There, yeah. there can be a lot of equalizing in a stand-up game if somebody just has a big speed edge on you. Especially like heavyweight. Yeah. Well, let's jump over and talk to that about that fight, though, since I brought it up. Jeff Neal, Vicente Luque. And, man, what a performance from Neal. Like, I, was, I knew in my heart, I had this feeling in my gut coming out. I'm like, oh, man, a southpaw, a really speedy southpaw with a laser left hand. Vicente Luque walking forward. I still believed in Luque, but I'm just like, this is this could cause him a huge amount of trouble. And boy, did it ever. That left left cross of yeah. Neil is so stiff. It is so crisp. Holy shit. That thing yeah. was money. Like it just it 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 had Vicente just looking at it as it mm-hmm. clocked him in the face. Like he didn't respond to it at all. He no. just, he face blocked them all and couldn't take it. Like he got staggered at least three times in the first round dropped mm-hmm. once. And, you know, he did credit to him for being, you know, just as tough as they come. And he rallied yeah. in a second and kept coming forward. He pressured, he threw his volume, 
But, I mean, his best strikes were his kicks, and he didn't really throw that many of them. And no. on the inside, his volume just wasn't potent enough to back Neil off and, and, and do any kind of serious damage to sway the fight truly back in his – or not back, but in his favor at all. And he just could not get out of the way of that left hand. And then once he was hurt again in the third, Neil just goes – Mortal Kombat brutality mode on, mm-hmm. and he spammed like eight uppercuts in a row, and then a stinging just one two, put uh, Vicente out. Something yeah. we don't see that often. That that was definitely some up down up down A plus B, you know, forward back forward back kind of. Like who is who slumps Vicente Luque? Yeah, it's never happened before. It's first first knockout loss of his whole career, so. You know, and like it was just his the way he could get his hands going in this fight was to get in the in the pocket and stay in the pocket, and getting into the pocket on Jeff Neal was just it's it's kind of impossible. You know, he hits you too hard on the way in if you're going to be walking towards him. And I, you know, Luke rallied valiantly for a second round, but I also have to believe Neal a bit when he's just saying like, I kind of take round twos off. You know, yeah, yeah. Come out hard, take that, take the round two off, rally in the third, and because he came out in the third, he looked like he was losing a step in round two, and then he came right back out in the third and was just as fast as ever. So, great yeah, fight for him. Not only as fast as ever, but more willing to come forward and not let yeah. Luke dictate the pace. Yeah, put put Luke on on the back foot, get him backed up to the cage, and just put the stamp on him. Yeah, great fight for him. And afterward, he had a great call out, called out Gilbert Burns. I mean, you know, Burns is right there, cage side, because he was just cornering Vicente Luque. So, excellent call out. A lot of good call outs tonight. Yeah. I'm I'm down for that. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to see it. If not, I don't know what else, like, you know, Neil, maybe Shadcat Rachmanov, but that's certainly not a fight that Neil's going to be looking for. Because he wants to, he wants to fight his way up to a title shot. Yeah, already fought below. Burns is natural. Covington, we don't know what's going on with Colby, so <laughs> no, or Magvidal for that matter. Because you know those would be those are those are some decent like headlining fights that he could get, maybe or that he could want. But they're not guys who tend to just call, turn up and fight whoever to put in front of them. No, Burns is like the I think Burns agreed to it also already. Yeah. So that's that probably will happen. And great. Like I'm I'm yep. definitely here for it. Especially and, if Burns off a loss too. It's it's a natural bounce back for him. Man, I feel like Luke should have tried to grapple. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's such an underrated grappler artist, but I agree. I know. He's such an underrated grappler, though. Like, he, I think he even he underrates his own grappling and doesn't like yeah. force it on people. Yep, he wants to have that exactly the kind of fight this was. He wants to have a gun battle on the feet. And uh, Neil is a dude that if you're gonna if your offense all runs through the pocket, you're gonna put yourself in a lot of danger against him. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened, man. That that southpaw cross really gave Vicente fits. Yeah, it's almost hard to watch it sometimes. Like just getting punched cleanly like that. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our heavyweight tough finale now. 
Mohammed Usman, Zach Pauga, and uh, man, Usman was losing all five minutes and thirty-five seconds of this fight. <laughs> but the, the the fight was five minutes and thirty-six seconds, and that's all it took. Like, had people coming to yeah. me afterward on Twitter, being like, "Oh man, so everybody on Bloody Elbow picked Pauga to win this fight. What do you think now?" I'm like, "Of course we did. Did you watch this fight just now?" Like, right. Usman was barely in this fight for five for a whole round, and then he just landed not even a clean left hook, just like an arm punchy. My arm is already out. I'm just going to bring it back a little and smack the left hook in there, left hook, and it flatlined Pauka. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't a fluke punch. Like he was no, looking no. for that left hand. He was. He was definitely looking for it. And the, those follow up hammer fists were scary, mm-hmm. like downright scary. Like wow. The guy has the size and the power to be a heavyweight. His game's just, it's awkward still. And didn't matter tonight. He comes out with the tough contract. He's going to be in the UFC for a while, I'm sure. And he'll get some work, maybe develop a bit. But um, it was just kind of a weird fight, you know? He had Paga out there looking really pretty good and then just throw, overthrows a right hand, I think, and just gets clubbed on the counter, and that was it. But it also felt like Apalga was running out of ideas. Like yeah. he went out and threw everything he knew how to throw in that opening round. But even before the round ended, he just kind of – he started yeah. just watching and throwing feints and, and not really engaging. Like he just didn't know what else to do. Yeah, well, I mean he clubbed Usman with some huge shots and didn't didn't hurt him. So maybe that was it. Maybe it was just Could getting, be. getting dis- discouraged by the fact that this guy didn't go away. Brutal knockout, though. Probably the most yeah. brutal knockout on the card. On a card full of all finishes, this was probably the most brutal KO. Yep. And now, of course, what they have to do, it's the only logical thing to do, is to match up uh, Usman versus Dante Mays, too. Oh, did they, did they already go at it? They already fought, and Mays beat him. So. Damn. They got to run that one back. Who just beat up Maze? That wrestler uh, guy? Hamdia Abdel Wahab. That's right. The new yeah. Egyptian uh, wrestling Olympian. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty fun fight. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was kind of a circus sideshow, but it was pretty damn fun. Well, yeah, that does make a lot of sense then. Right? Because, you know, Usman, he, he hits hard. True, he's tough. You know, yep. true heavyweight. Uh, but like you were saying, he is... He, he's very raw. Yeah. Needs needs a lot of polish. So, slow play him in. Uh, same thing with Juliana Miller, who we who just got the win in the fight before this over Brogan Walker Sanchez. Um, honestly, great testament to Miller's style that she's working on. She's all aggression all the time, and I kind of thought I kind of thought that she would hit a ceiling with that because she's only had like three pro fights, one of which she lost going into this. Right. And so it's like, okay, yeah, you know, you won a couple tough bouts. How far can you really push this? And uh, she came out fully prepared for this. And really, Brogan Walker Sanchez could not stop herself for the life of her from clinching up with Miller and just getting owned there. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty common. You'll see so many people yeah. will punch themselves into the clinch and then just be like, oh, damn it, <laughs> why am I here? And then just get owned. 
But yeah. she got outplayed at every step of the way. Yeah. Like she should have just stayed at range and kept kept this standing and swinging. But, you know, she was so outgunned on the ground. Yeah. Great win for Miller. Once again, kind of like Usman, somebody the UFC should just ease him in. And ease him into the division. Maybe give her, like, Victoria Leonardo or something, you know. Just... I mean, yeah, the, the lowest level people possible. Yeah. Four pro fights. She just needs time. But this was this was great. This was a great look for her because that kind of you can't teach the kind of aggression she has. And if she can marry that with some decent physicality in that division, that should make her a lot of fun, win or lose. And she comes from a good camp also. Yeah. She's not training with Alpha Male these days. All right. She's uh yeah. And and I'll say this also. I think mm-hmm. we've reached a point where uh the contender series has I don't know if I want to say better, more seasoned people coming okay. off of it than the ultimate fighter. More polished. More polished. And that used to not be the case. No, it didn't at all. But I think I think managers are smartening up with the idea of like if I have somebody who's put together a good record and is looking like a pretty decent prospect, you know, they're 5-0, 7-0, 6-0, 8-1, whatever, you know, a pretty decent young record, but they're not super inexperienced. It's a way, it's way better odds to go win one fight, try to win one fight to get a contract than it is to go through and try to win three in a row to get a contract. Yeah, three short notice fights. Yep. Sure. So you're only getting now the guys who are the people who are ending up on top are the people who they are, you know, really green or they have lost enough to the point that like they're not a high priority for the contender series. They have a lot to prove, basically. I think it's hilarious that Dana White, he gets in the cage and he's just like, you are the ultimate fighter. Here's your damn trophy. Now get out of here. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, they've. The ceremony around it has definitely dropped way off. They don't mention the whole six-figure contract idea anymore because everybody learned that it's a 10-fight contract. So six figures is, like, I think they started, like, 15 and 15 and build their way up from there. Yeah, it's just, it's it's humorous to see uh, how far the ultimate fighter has fallen from grace. Yeah. Well, we'll probably still get more of it, though, as long as Dana White can convince ESPN Plus to pick it up. Oh, yeah. It's Transformers. It's the formats. Yes. Yeah. We'll get a million of them forever. <laughs> All right. Let's jump over to a heavy, another heavyweight bout. Sergey Spivak, Augusto Sakai. And, um, man, Spivak, the, the rule for picking Spivak fights continues to stay true, which is if the fighter he's facing isn't a better wrestler than him, pick him. <laughs> That's the yeah, rule. Sure. Why not? Sakai came out there. He started giving up takedowns right away. And it's like, well, you're not going to win this. Because Spivak is tireless, and he is an absolute blanket in that division in a way that very few heavyweights are. Yeah, he's on that Curtis Blades tip. But mm-hmm. far from being as clean... No, yeah. But man, the the gusto there to just bum rush takedowns and 
punch away as often as he can. I, I'm I'm here for it, man. Yeah, it's fun. Sakai, mm-hmm. I mean, I never gave him much uh, much of a chance coming into the UFC. Maybe I was a little unfair to him, but he he fell off hard, man. Yeah, he fell off really hard. He took a a big step up in, in competition, fighting Alistair and then Rosenstrike and then tied to Ivasa. It's like he's probably going to get his walking papers now after yeah. Spivak. Like he's just not complete. He's not rounded enough. To, well, uh, he's got the unfortunate thing of being a, a low power heavyweight who has to win on volume. And when he had a chin, he could do that. He went out and he beat Andre Arlovsky, which is hard for a lot of UFC heavyweights to do still. Mm-hmm. He beat Blagoy Ivanov. That's huge. Ivanov's tough as hell. He beat Marcin Tybura. But the moment his chin started going, it's just like, well, what are you going to do? Because you're not going to go out there and just be out knocking people out in the first round. It's not you. You have to be able to go out and mix it up and take strikes from people. And he's at the point now where he's just getting finished. So, yeah, rough. He's only 31. There's a lot he could do to adjust, but... Yeah, like go in a different organization. Well, yeah, that might be the the real adjustment about to be coming. So, great win for Spivak. Rough rough outing for Sakai. Probably his last in the UFC, but it's the way it is. I love. I'm I'm happy to watch Spivak rise up the division because you know, this dude is absolutely does not seem like he's working with nearly the same amount of athletic tools as a lot of his competition. But he is all heart and grit out there. Yeah, and it's I'm I'm actually shocked that Sakai was even ranked. Yeah, well, it's, it was that the Ivanov Tybura Arlovsky wins like they've all yeah. they've all stayed winning, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for Spivak. He should be getting a, a really good um, a really good uh, ranked opponent next time out. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we and just, he got he got on the mic. Begging for a, a, yeah, a, a bonus, bonus, which I believe we just learned from our producer that he did not get. Not we only got three on a fight card with ten finishes. The UFC only handed out three bonuses. Not even wow. a fight. Am I seeing like not even a fight of the night? Wow! Like we got. Uh, Okay, Man. we don't know. We don't know if they've done. They're doing a fight of the night as well. We only know about the, the finishing bonuses, which went to, uh, Muhammad Usman and Brian Battle and Jeff Neal, which, I mean, I would probably say those were the best finishes of the night, but yes, true, yeah. very true. I mean, they all put their opponents out cold. Yeah. So uh, you can't take that away. They were the best, but come on, come yeah. on, come on, splash out a little. What happened to hundred percent finishing? It's because it wasn't UFC London, and they're not, they're not sipping on the Howlerhead and that's right. Mario Can's right. not campaigning cage side and taking shots with Michael Chandler. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to a lightweight bout. Terrence McKinney, Eric Gonzalez, another absolutely. Balls to the wall, nonstop action win for Terrence McKinney. Dude does not know any other speed than pedal to the metal, foot to the floor. And uh, 
And it's tough to handle because just most fighters do not start that keyed up and that that on rhythm and on you know like on form, ready to just absolutely crush right out of the gate. And uh, that's why we have a feeling out process. You hear that thrown around so often. And it's because, you know, fight speed is so much different from hitting pads. It's so much different. It's so much quicker than sparring. It's so much quicker than any other form of training that, that getting that kind of timing down is, is, is not an easy thing to do. And, it's it's often overlooked just how hard it is to adjust to that timing. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I remember in my match, like I felt like I was underwater. I felt like I was moving so slow, and my opponent was moving so fast. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's such a like a mind freak. But yeah. McKinney doesn't doesn't suffer from that at all. No. He's, he is he is poised to it, and it got him in a little bit of trouble here. Like he comes yeah. out, he's throwing tons of head kicks and letting his hands go, and Gonzalez clips him with something and rocks him, and then McKinney's like, oh, well, I have other tools also, blasted a gorgeous takedown, and as Gonzalez went to stand up, he jumps on the back, sinks the choke, goes home. Yeah. Phenomenal. It's, it is it's amazing how fat, how keyed in he is. It's one of the things that made Conor McGregor great during his rise, is that he was a dude who could just go out there and from the jump be hitting you with huge shots. And... Uh, McKinney has that. He's not nearly the polished striker McGregor was, but he also has a wrestling and grappling game to throw in there as well whenever he gets in trouble. So, yeah, I think he was the card. He was the um, biggest betting favorite on the card. Also, oh yeah, he, it's like some, minus eight hundred. Yeah, so, somebody got pissed at me for picking him to get into the fight. Like, oh, well, that's not a daring bet. I'm like, I'm not going to be daring. To be daring, I'm trying to pick the right. The, the dude who's going to win the fight. Come on. Right. But um. Oh, we did just get word too. We did get a fight of the night: Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill. Which I guess I don't know. I think I, I, I think that's because Hill was campaigning for it ringside yeah. or cage side after the fight, and he probably was like, "Come on, Dana White, I just finished Santos. If you're not going to give me the performance bonus, come on, fight of the night, let's do it." Yeah, I liked. I would have been. I said Neil Luke was my favorite fight of the night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, well, whatever. A uh, great win for McKinney. Afterward, he called out Patty Pimblett. We would all love to see it. I have no clue whether or not that'll happen. And Pimblett's kind of a hard dude to call out, not only because he's making enough waves that he only is going to be wanting the highest profile fights that he, you know, that he can get, but also because he's also said that he just doesn't, he's not interested in fighting that often. He makes enough money not fighting that he doesn't have to fight that often. So, yeah, he's he's in that Sean O'Malley ter- Sean O'Malley territory where everyone's going to start calling him out and nobody's going to get the fight because yep. it's going to be who Patty wants to fight. Yep, that's he's he's the shot caller. He's the A side. And if you're Patty Pimblett, why would you call out Terrence McKinney? Like the dude is. He's he's becoming a he's be, gonna become a fan favorite if he keeps going this way, but he's not there yet, and he is an absolute killer right out of the gate. Yeah, so. that's not a good look. <laughs> Too risky. Yeah. All right, that brings us to a middleweight bout: Michael Alexajic, Sam Alvey, and um, man, 
Alex Sajic knew the assignment here. Like, saw all the people being like, why Why is Sam Alvey still in the UFC? What does he have on Dana White? What's the What's the deal that they're giving him, like, an, an eighth straight fight without a win? And, uh... Is he fighting for free? I, you know what? Maybe. I don't know. But Alexei Jik absolutely just... He was like, oh, I'll, I'll make the, I'll, I will make, leave no doubt on what the next, next step should be. Just came out and absolutely shit kicked him. Not even slightly a fair fight. No, this was, I mean, just haymakers from Jump Street. Yep. Like this was, this was hard to watch. This was, uh, it, it looked like yeah. Alex Sajek was mad that Alfi was still in the UFC. Yeah, that's and was doing everything in his power to make that not be the case. No, no fear. This is no crazy. Respect, just I'm gonna punch you. Walk up and punch you so hard that you will be hurt, and the fight will be over. And yeah, I mean, he he dropped him in like one of the the opening sequences. Mm-hmm. Like, man, poor Alvy. Yep. I don't know why. Maybe Dana White actually hates him. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not. This isn't like a. He's not doing him any favors, and yeah. it's just getting worse and worse. Like he's getting finished more frequently, and yeah, this is definitely a dude who rarely ever used to get knocked out. His the first knockout he ever suffered was to Derek Brunson back in 2015, and he didn't suffer another until Little Nog in 2018, and that was the uh, start of the incredible schneid that he's on right now. His last win was over John Volante just before that Little Nog fight, and he's now been finished five times in his last ten fights, with three of those being knockouts. This is this has got to be a UFC record. Like, this has to be, like, a yeah. modern era era ufc record like who 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 goes on this kind of not win streak like you gotta say that because there was that draw in 2020 the split the split draw he was involved in yeah the only guy i can think of is like that was even close would be like steve cantwell but we're digging way back like you know i'm talking here about a, a the the former wec light heavyweight champion and it was pretty ridiculous that he lost five straight fights to you know after winning his ufc debut and after beating brian stan he lost five straight and that was everybody was just like oh my god why is this guy still around this is it's really uncanny like i can't like how is he still getting sanctioned well he hasn't been getting knocked out that much that's probably the biggest part of it this is like this is like so like Anderson Silva on his way out, yeah. right? Like he did have that win against Derek Brunson in there, but he had let's see one two three four five six seven eight fights that didn't go his way. Uh, yeah, but like that's Anderson freaking Silva, yeah. the spider, like a middleweight goat, and Sam Alvey. Why is he getting? I, one of the know. great mysteries of the universe. You solve that, and you know it'll be like cancer will be magically cured or something. <laughs> That's right. Or a Stargate will open up. The star, yeah, 
definitely a Stargate. All right, that brings us to a welterweight bout. Brian Battle, Takashi Sato, and um, yeah, Battle just, um, that was gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. He sent Takashi Sato to the Shadow Realm, to the Realm of Wind and Ghosts. Had him talking to his ancestors. I mean, That's... <laughs> he, like, I, it has been a while since I've seen somebody froze up like that on a knockout, especially like a head kick knockout, too. I feel like you would think a lot of head kick knockouts would would result in like people getting all going all stiff and frozen up, but usually it's just kind of like, oh, they get rocked because they didn't see it, and then the follow punches and they have to wave it off and all that. Sato, like, he got rocked and he he his like knees were up and his hands were up and he was just frozen in like a little bundle. <laughs> he was fully statued. And yeah. like his hands were in they were up in like the, the slap box position. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like the middle school slap box where like you can tell they don't know how to fight, but they just hold their hands like they they think they do and it, it was bad. And I wish I wish Battle would have just walked away after the head kick. That would have been so so baller. Yeah. But he followed up with these corny corny uh unnecessary, not super necessary, just unnecessary punches for no reason it's like he's he's a statue why even bother let him sleep yeah it's, i'm sure it's just the adrenaline of the moment but great win for battle great announcement to, of his drop down to welterweight great way to introduce himself to a new division oh dude and, we didn't even mention alice ajak dropped down to middleweight oh, for that alvi yeah. beating yeah let's ajak that was his middleweight debut yeah. I've been I've been feeling like that's been coming for a while. He did not have light heavyweight size at all. And he looks like a killer down at middleweight, so I'm happy to see it. Absolutely. I just wish Joaquin Buckley wasn't booked right now, because mm. Buckley versus Alexajic is a fight I absolutely want to see. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. But yeah, Battle looked man, that that touch and go head kick was phenomenal. Yep. He was like hand fighting, hand fighting, hand fighting. Faked the cross. Well, didn't really fake it. We just kind of like threw it out there and then brought that head kick right behind it, like right on the neck. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it was, I would even say he brought like the, the head kick underneath the punch. Like he, he had that head kick coming in so close behind that punch that it was almost, it was enough that the kick was completely hidden by oh, yeah. the punch. Yeah, Sato it's, a touch, so it's a touch and go. Like you, you're yeah. you're not throwing the punch to really do anything with it. You're just throwing it out there and using that momentum to swing it, swing your arm back and get the kick up. It's man, that was gorgeous. It, was it looked great. effortless. It looked so effortless. Yeah. Man, that, he got he, he got he, super he, corny on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel you got to feel a little bad for poor Brian Barbarena. Man, didn't even man called him out because he didn't know how to spell his name. Yeah, that's cringy. That is that is rough. It's like dude, uh, he spells it the same way you do. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) I understand being upset about what he did to Robbie Lawler. Like I felt that in my bones. Sure. Sure. But then he went a little too far with it. Yeah. The Ian Gary call out though. That's a good one. Yeah. I'd like to see that. That that was great. Maybe they'll book it. Yeah. Feel a little bad though for like, it's got to be a little. I don't know. You got a moment's reflection for the people who just won tough Juliana Miller and Muhammad Usman. 
that you turn around and you see a dude who has done nothing but win since winning his season of tough and he's on the prelims, like just way down in the middle in some fight nobody cares about. Like Well Well, here's the thing. So <laughs> Miller only has four fights now, so she can expect yeah. the same sort of thing. Oh yeah, no, they all can. But, I'm just saying But you know. Usman is Kamaru Usman's brother, so he's yeah. he's in the fold, and there. being a heavyweight that completely yeah, knocks someone like like dude like Zach's still probably sleeping right now. Let's be honest. Like in my opinion, yeah. this head kick from battle was phenomenal. It's great. Head kick knockouts are fucking cold. Excuse my French, but the heavyweight hammer fist on an unconscious man like that is some that is so brutal that is so brutal and and you could tell dana white was in love with it yeah so it's true Uthman i think might i he'll get a little more rub for sure he'll get a little more rub. just feeling a little bad for battle being like i just won the season of this thing i gotta be on the prelims for these these people come on but anyway uh, that brings us to a woman's strawweight bout, Corey McKenna, Miranda Granger. And this is exactly what I wanted to see out of Corey McKenna in this fight. I, Connor and I talked to him like, McKenna's better everywhere. She should just be able to go in and absolutely run over Granger. But she also has a tendency to try to be slick and to like try to technique it up and get drawn into like a fire into a firefight she really doesn't need to have. So what are we gonna see her do in this? And she came out and she absolutely bulldozed Granger. That's great to see. No, this was fantastic. Uh, and that Von Flew, the first ever women's Von Flew in the UFC. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love Von Flew chokes. And, uh, you know, I think it was Bisbing was giving Granger a lot of crap, saying, oh, that's a schoolyard move. Like, you got to let go of the guillotine. And it's like yeah. she was trying to let go. She but was. The, she, she got her arm really stuck in there. I had this happen to me last week. Uh, I was training my buddy uh, Jig Dorman. He he uh, he took me down and I locked up a guillotine and it wasn't there. And he gets the side control and I was like, oh, I got to get my arm out of here. And like I couldn't. My arm was pinned and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this is getting really tight. And I had to tap out. Like it, th- the window started closing. Things started going dark. Like. It it sucks when your arm is trapped like that, and that's why if you watch it back, you'll see Granger. She starts like frantically kicking her legs, like mm-hmm. she was tapping with her feet. That's how yeah. that's how like in trouble she was. That was it was so gnarly. It's such a smart move, like using your body to trap their hand, and like mm-hmm. like granted, Granger could have got her hand out of there sooner. And like realized the position that she she her the the guillotine wasn't there, but mm-hmm. you let it hang out for just too long and and it doesn't even matter. You can pull it off. Yeah, you can pull off that von flu, and it's it's really tough to get out of. Yeah, great. And win. shout out to shout out to OSP. Shout yeah. out to OSP for calling it a von flu on Twitter. So. Oh, I like von flu, but you know I I. I, I can hold. I can restrain myself to only using it when he actually does the move. I can concede that. But uh, 
And Corey McKenna even said she didn't even she hasn't she's never hit one before. She doesn't you know she she practices it a little in like something that might happen during grappling, but she's never actually hit it for a submission before. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's... very fun. Great great win for her. Great win for her. Exactly what I was hoping to see. Dominating performance. And that brings us to our one controversy of the night. Myra Bueno Silva, Stephanie Egger come out, tie up almost right off the bat. Couple of punches traded, not much. Quick clinch. Egger hits the hip toss throw and is on top. Silva Silva throws up the the triangle, throws up the arm bar. Can't get can't get it. Throws it up again and then lets it go. And they're like, no, she tapped. Fight over. And the ref had to go look around. And he's, he, he's talking to everybody and being like, did anybody see your tap? Did anybody see your tap? One of the judges sitting cage side is like, I totally saw her tap. And so it's Myra Bueno Silva, winner by submit, first round submission. And um, I am totally cool with that whole process, honestly, beginning to end. But a lot of people had a pro- had problems with that. Well, yeah. I mean, all the more reason to love Michelle Watterson Gomez. Mm-hmm. Like, honor is – there's something to be said for honor and character. And if you tap and then turn around and act like you didn't, that's some ho-ass shit, Zane. I'm going to just say it. That's some ho-ass shit. Like, I understand this is professional and, like, money's on the line and win bonuses – but man, I, I don't respect it. I don't respect the the tap and then act like you didn't. That's 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 some clown was behavior. Mad. She was really. She mad. wasn't mad. She she was disappointed. She was beyond mad. She wouldn't even shake hands with Edgar. She's like, nah, you don't even have honor. Like I don't respect that at all. I'm I and I approve the lack of lack of shaking of the hands. Like nah, you want to sit there in front and act like you didn't tap when you damn well did. Like I showed mercy upon you by not breaking your freaking arm, and then you want to do me like that? Like shame on you. Yeah. Like shame on you. It's it is it's funny because a, a bunch of people d- jumped into the comments after that happened. And we're all over Twitter being like, "Oh, she's got to appeal, and that's going to get overturned." Moment she appeals, and it's just like, well, why? Why would you think that this call would be overturned? A have you never watched an MMA appeals process before? Because almost nothing ever gets overturned. Right. And B, the the, the point of the, the, the place where things get overturned is when fighters can claim negligence or malicious intent from the officials. You know? They have to be able to to claim that there was a gross dereliction of duty, essentially, by officials around the cage to have something be overturned. To say, like, oh, this person, they missed, they, they, were, they were watching and they missed the tap, and then they let the fight keep going, and I, you know, lost. But you, everybody can clearly see it on evidence or something like that, you know? Um, yeah, I- I, I think Chris Tyone handled this properly. Yeah, I think so too. He stopped and, the fight and instantly started to pull the judges. One happened to be right in front of it, right, yep. right in front of the action to see it. This is it, it's a black spot on Edgar, if you ask me. 
Yeah, I think it's prob- probably some jujitsu people are going to be a little more mad about this than me, where I'm just like, yeah, whatever, fighters, athletes, you, you do what you do, you know. But yeah, I, I, I get it. I get, like, if you're, you know, well, I mean, like, if, hey, Buena Silva, she was, she was, for somebody who just won and got a check, she was not happy. The The overriding emotion in the cage was not, hey, I feel great, I just got that win. It was, I cannot believe this person did this bullshit. Yeah, because, like, like, this is, there's so much respect here. Like, that's why you touch gloves. That's why, you know, nine out of ten times when a fight is done, you see this crazy bond between these yeah. two humans who just went through something special together. And, yes, it's violence, but there's this underlying, uh, just this underlying respect that both of these people were willing to lay the same thing on the line. And it it just really, I just can't stand it, Zane. (laughs) I can't stand it. This is, this is the poor sportsmanship here is just, and like I said, I understand money's on the line and all that. Yeah. This is the big leagues. This is professional, but the martial artist in me is like, that's dirty. There's no honor in that. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> it grinds my gears, Zane. Yeah, it it, it definitely is grinding you. I can hear them. I can hear the gears. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, that brings us back up to the main event. Jamal Hill announcing himself as a top potential top contender in the light heavyweight division. The top contender's picture that just needs some clearing up at this point because now we've got Blahovich, we've got Teixeira, we've got Ankalaev, we've got. Uh, there's somebody else in there, poise. I feel like there's somebody Rackage. else. Rackage is up there. Yeah, but he just lost. But he's up there. He's still up there. But uh, you know, Hill has to be some somebody has to get some fights going. Prashaska's got to fight somebody so we can start getting this thing moving because he's got fights I want to see him in. I want to see is, all this. This is a fights. good problem to have, Zane. This it is, is a, good it's problem. a good problem to have. I'm glad we have this problem. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up. You can find me on Twitter at TheZaneTimes. You can find Eddie on Twitter at TheEddieMercado. You can find both of us over at BloodyOva.com. Give us a like, subscribe to our podcast on Bloody Over Presents on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And we'll be back in one week's time for UFC on ESPN. Vera versus Cruz going down in San Diego. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, hop over to the Bloody Elbow Presents SoundCloud and iTunes pages, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We are also on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents, and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Mookie and Crookie Show, the MMA Vivisection, the Level Change Podcast, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, exclusive fighter interviews, show money, and radio style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, at Bloody Elbow, Facebook, at facebook.com slash bloody elbow blog, And as always, on BloodyElbow.com.